You're listening to The Magnet Podcast. Uh, hello, welcome to The Magnet Theater Podcast. I am your host, Louis Kornfeld, and today I'm talking with the delightful Shakotha Fields. Shakotha, thank you for talking. Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted to start off by having you describe your one-person show, One Deep, um, uh, and kind of take us through the creation of the show and take us through a little bit of your sensibility for it because it's a wonderful show for a bunch of reasons that I, I want to get into. So can you describe to people who haven't seen it what One Deep is? Um, one Deep is my one-person improv show where I basically do like a one-person herald. Hmm. Um, it has clowning in it, and clowning is an acting form. Which, well, what I describe is, I don't know if it's the technical thing, but how I feel when I do it is connecting with the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's just it, you know, just connecting with the audience. And I get inspiration and do like a series of scenes from that. Yeah. It, it, did you study clowning or? Yeah, at the Barrow Group. Oh, okay. Theater. Yeah. Gene Taylor. The, the way that your show starts off, I've never really seen it before. Um, and correct me if you've changed it recently, but the last time I saw you do it, you, you took your time coming out from behind the flat and really took a lot of time at the beginning to sort of look at everybody. And it has a very disarming effect when you're about to watch a show. There's something you're almost like rewiring people's expectations at the beginning. And in particular, I remember there was a guy who showed up a few minutes late as you had already started and you stopped to kind of uh, uh, connect with him and let him sit down. And, and other people in the audience sort of close ranks around you a little bit. Like you definitely felt annoyed at somebody like breaking the momentum and breaking the connection. But it's really interesting because it, it, it makes you extremely magnetic right at the beginning of the show. Like people, at least the last one I was at, people physically leaned forward in their seats, almost like to get closer to what you were doing on stage. Is that deliberate or is that kind of just the the outcome of the way that you do it? Uh, just the outcome? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, I just think it's um, the un- unexpected, yeah. you know, yeah. element of it. Like what's going on? I went to the Tampa Improv Festival, um, I think in November, mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, that's my, you know, my opening always, I always do that. And they were like wired. It was great. Their energy was crazy. But they were like, the woman that introduced me was like, Shakota feels one deep. And she just kept standing there like, you know, like how most improv troops just run onto the stage and yeah. run around and do their thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, she introduced me, <laughs> you know, come off the stage. And she just kept saying, one deep, Shakota Fields, one deep. And the girl beside me was like, that's you. <laughs> I'm like, I know. My show doesn't start like that. <laughs> so I'm like, get off the stage to the girl. And I'm like creeping on. And one woman yells, get your ass out here. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. But I mean, it was in a loving way. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's just that. Being so different of like from most improv, yeah. That you see <laughs> of like, oh, this is we're gonna take our time and gonna do this. No rush, it's fine because I'm doing it by myself. Yeah. So that's also time for me to get my bearings, get myself, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my nerves are running too. You know, especially I go to festivals and I'm in a different place, and you know, I'm nervous too. So that's just a 
a time for me to be like, okay, this is okay. Yeah. Taking my time, you know, because if you go out real quick and it just falls apart, then it's fall up, you know, it's it's done then. Yeah. But if I'm like, you know what? No, I I need a moment, and that's on purpose sometimes, and sometimes it just is not, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. But either way, it's like you already know, like this could happen. Yeah. Well, the way most improv shows are done, you come on out, and, and usually people are like dancing when the lights get started, and and they're like raising their hands to get the audience to applaud them. And and most people introduce, welcome you to the theater and make you applaud. And then they introduce their team and make you applaud again. And then they introduce the other groups and make you applaud again. And, and I hate that. (laughs) It, it, because here's why it's an expectation thing because it puts the audience in this frame of mind of, um, um, loud energy comedy now and then if that's how they measure your performance that's what they look for mm-hmm. it, it you're kind of unconsciously telling everybody in the room um how to measure things that if it's funny applaud and if it's not funny it's not working and and even starting like that where you're just taking more time and looking at everybody starts everything on such an unpredictable foot and and makes people kind of not go on autopilot. That's, yeah. that's the thing is like you get like accustomed to certain things in improv shows and you make everybody go on that autopilot and they're kind of laughing more at the rhythm of the show than the uniqueness of the performance. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're kind of watching it for the improv rather than watching it for what's sort of like specific and original about this particular scene or these particular people. And, you know, it's, it's a little too general. Does it throw you when someone screams at the beginning to get your ass out there? Or is that like part of the, part of the performance for you? That's the fun part for me. Yeah. The clowning is the most fun part of my show. Yeah. Um, just staring at people because you get so much from that. You know, I can use that in my show. If I want to have a crazy person that's yelling in my show, like that's that's all material for me to use later. Yeah. That's what I'm doing the first two minutes when I'm like just staring at people. I'm like, not necessarily like, oh, I'm getting things for the show, but when, if something happens, I'm like, okay, I can use that. And if, you know, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. But it's just, it's it's fun and it's like unpredictable because when I'm staring at people, some people laugh and some people are uncomfortable. It's like. A whole spectrum of things that can happen. Yeah. So it's just like something new every time, and I think that's what I like about it because it is not me just like oh one deep I'm here I'm clapping not of this do this and here I am. It's like this is going to be a different two minutes of the show every time. Yeah. It it's a little bit unnerving because when you go to see a show, there's that um, you're free to like stare at the performers. You know, like it, the the very first like fact of a show is that we're standing on a stage and we're letting you all look at us. So uh, look away, have a great time. And so like, you know, I, I find a lot of times if I get bored in a show, I just get interested in like looking at the people on the stage because in real life, unless you're close with somebody, at least for me, you don't spend a lot of time. It's rude. You know, like you make people very uncomfortable, but in a theater, um, you know, you're given that permission. 
it's a very unnerving experience then to have the performer stare right back at you <laughs> and evaluate you the same way. And it like it, it, I like it. This was at least was my experience watching it. I like it because it it kind of made me emotional and it like moved me at the beginning of the show too. I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable, but like in a really interesting way that that made it feel a little bit more like magic and a little bit less like. Um, Performance, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Well, I wanted my show to just not only be in me performing, yeah. I, I wanted to include the audience with the performance. Yeah. So that is your way of contributing to the show. Mm-hmm. Is by, like, if you're just weirded out or whatever, you know, like, you're in the show too now. Yeah. And I think that's exciting, nerving, uncomfortable, you know, for everybody but i think when you leave you're like oh my gosh you know like she totally weirded me out and you know some people are cool with it and some people aren't i mean i don't do it to make anybody like uncomfortable no right you know like uncomfortable uncomfortable yeah but i think it's kind of like exhilarating on some level for people to be like oh my gosh she's staring at me well yeah (laughs) when i say uncomfortable i don't mean it in a bad way i mean in, in in it makes me feel alert in a way that I don't always feel when I'm sitting in an audience for a show. Yeah. It, it, because you kind of feel a little, you feel like you're being invited to participate. You feel like you're being invited to pay attention in a way that, that you don't expect. And I think that that feeling of kind of inviting a little bit more alertness to the table at first is a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling because you're pulling people out of like a comfort zone, you know? Yes. And then like, you know, I do clowning like two or three times during the show. So when it first happens, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. And then I think like the second time I come to do it, people are like, oh my gosh, she could stare at me. Yeah. <laughs> or she could ask me something. Yeah. Or she could ask me to sing a song. And they're kind of maybe excited or nervous. But it's just like like you're saying, like awakening feelings that they probably don't have during, during another improv show. Because yeah. during another improv show, you can be being a douchebag and texting through the whole show. Yeah. And no one's never going to call you out. Yeah. Never, no one's going to say anything. I'm going to say something. Yeah. I'm going to like, oh, read that to the crowd or at least comment on it. Yeah. Again, not to be douchey, but you know, like, don't pull your phone out unless you want it to be a part of the show or, yeah. you know. It's a presence thing. It, it, yeah. You know, and that's like a, um, you know, a catchword in improv to be present, but it's actually really interesting when you're in a room of people who are totally alert and present. It feels different. And that's exactly what it is. It, it, you know, we talk about being present, but how often do you see shows or how often do you do shows where the performers on stage are more worried about doing it correctly? And the audience is kind of half of them are on their phones and, and, you know, we call it presence, but in some cases it's really not it. We're watching people kind of like, exercise and try their best. Yeah. But suddenly when everybody in the room is being asked to be put on the spot and, and I don't mean put on the spot in a shitty way. I mean it like be here now. Yeah. We're all here now and we're being here now. And, and the very like fact of those people being in the room with you is part of your performance. It's part of what this event is. It's just very different. I don't know. It, it, for me, I've, I've found I left the show in a slightly altered state of awareness. Oh, good. <laughs> I feel like um, whenever I'm doing the clowning, kind of like I've been in shows where I feel like the reason this show got off to a wrong foot 
is because we started way too fast doing we didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And it's so much value in just sitting there and just being like, you know what, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because we don't. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times, you know, and it's okay. Yeah. But when we, you know, we always just pulling something out of, you know, anywhere and trying to do something. And it's like, it just crumbles. And for me to do a show by myself, you know, I got to think of all these characters. And I got to do another scene. And I got to come back to this character and second beat it. If I start in that state of manic, it's just going to be a hot mess. Yeah. You know? So it's, I think it's just more powerful to be like, here's all this energy. I'm nervous. Some of y'all are nervous for me. You know, like, it's, it's a lot going on, but we're just going to stand here and it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. What do you do when, when you don't know what to do? Um, now, I think a lot with doing One Deep, I've learned that you just got to stop. You just got to stop and shut up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I love being physical and doing object work. So going to something physical in my space is my go-to to to be like, okay, I don't know what this person is saying or what they're talking about. You know what? Let me open this envelope Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, you know, and that's another, you know, step of like, I don't know what's going to happen. But right now I know if I say something and I don't know what you're talking about, that's just going to lead to another mess that we're going to have to clean up later. So, it's just I'm trying to really hone that. Okay, you know what? Just stop. It's okay. It's okay. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And being okay with that and knowing that it's going to work out. Yeah. Is it the same thing when you're playing by yourself and you hit a moment where you don't know what to do? Yes. Yeah. I think that's how I, how I got it even more strong of being like, I don't know. And, <laughs> you know, just sitting and being okay with that. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's the scariest, the scariest part of improvising, I think, is not knowing what to do next. It's that thing of, of being afraid that either you're, you're going to be stupid or you're going to not get it right or people are going to think less of you or, or whatever it is. I, I think that's where like the real fear threshold is for a lot of people. But the most fulfilling part of improv is you don't know, but you just do what's in your heart. Yeah. I know that sounds corny, but that's just the way. <laughs> you just do what you're inspired to do with what's in your heart and just know that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It might make sense by the end of the scene and it might get wrapped up at the end of the show. I don't know. But just following through with that mm-hmm. is fine, you know, because I feel like those were the biggest the the, the when I leave an improv show and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. It's not because we had a bad show. It's because I didn't follow my foot. Mm. Whether that was editing, whether that is initiating, whether that was doing a character, a callback, a tag out, a tag out, or whatever. That's like the most regretful thing I have. Is I'm like, I had this idea and I was too chicken to do it. Mm. That's like the most discouraging <laughs> thing. Yeah, you know. And that's why I was, you know, like now that I'm, you know, like more experienced, and I'm like, just do it. And if it's a bad show, you know. This from Armando. I was in a you know a round trip that he did. Have a bad show. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Have a bad show. Have a bad show. And I'm like, okay, it's okay to have a bad show. Yeah, it's okay to have a bad show. <laughs> and that's you know, I feel like you you learn a lot from that. Yeah. And it's just trusting that it's okay if we didn't have a great show. It's okay, but just do it, learn from it, and keep it moving. I gotta say, I'm really fascinated 
by you, Shakotha, because you, you're one of those people who you just seem to know yourself really well. Is that a fair thing to say? Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> Have you always been that way? I feel like it's because I was raised by an older people. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I just felt like that. It's like I was. I have an old soul. Yeah. Just feel like I'm older than I am. What mm-hmm. What do you think the difference is between being raised by older people and and less older people? Um, it was just I got a lot of insight on the way, the truth of things. Uh-huh. You know, like my grandparents raised me, and they didn't sugarcoat anything. My grandparents and my grandmother's mother <laughs> raised me. It was no sugarcoat, and it was like this is this is this, and this is how it is, and that's that. You mm-hmm. know, so I don't know. I wasn't really in like this fairy tale like la la la. It was like no, this is what it is. Yeah. So I feel like that's me. Of like, this is what this is right now. Yeah. This is me. Did you appreciate that when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I appreciate it more now. Yeah. You know, but. I didn't have a problem with it because we didn't, that was a household. This, I say this and this is what it is. So yeah. it wasn't like I could disagree, but now I appreciate it a lot now. I, it's been not that I'm approaching having kids at all because I don't think I am, but, um, uh, sorry, Megan, <laughs> but, um, like I do find myself thinking sometimes about what, like the right way to raise kids what what's useful for them um how you kind of like start somebody's life off on the right foot where where they not only have the best opportunity that you can give them but they have the self-esteem and like the right amount of self-esteem and and the right sense of just kind of how real life works so you're not deterring them from anything but you're also not creating this like fantasy because there's an interesting thing and actually it's coming up now talking to you about it the way that like you kind of protect kids early on and 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 create this sort of buffer between real life and them and that very protection and buffer turns sour later on in life it it you know you can kind of grow up being a little bit um in pieces or a little bit thinking that you're living your life, like not having the right amount of self-esteem, not having the right sense of what you really want and who you really are and what you really think and what you really feel, not being in touch with your heart, I guess is another like way yeah. of putting it. And it, it, it seems to me that so much of that or, or some of it at least boils down to mixing too much fantasy when you're a kid. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what does following your heart mean to you? Doing what you want to do. My, I have a little sister. Yeah. She's 19 years old. Calls me, I need to talk to you. You know, it's always some big 19-year-old problem. Mm-hmm. Whether the problem is big, whether the problem is little, do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and I feel like we're going like into real life. <laughs> Not so much improv, but definitely an improv too. But yeah. in every... In everything, does this make you happy? Are you happy in this friendship or this relationship or on this team or in this class? When you go, do you smile? Mm-hmm. Do you Are you excited to get out of your bed and do this? And I know it's hard because, you know, we all got to live and, you know, do things to, you know, get through the day. But it's a lot of things that we do 
that we don't have to do, that we do because we supposed to do or someone wants us to do or our friends are doing it. Mm-hmm. Do what makes you happy. Just be happy. And it's, I think we make it as humans a lot more complicated than it has to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then like in, to turn into like improv of like, just doing that walk on, make you happy. Like not being afraid of like, is this going to work? But no, are you going to be happy if you, if you do this character in this show? Mm-hmm. You know, not worrying about, well, this is a, you know, this scene should be three minutes because this is the first beat. Right. But right now I feel like I should edit. Right. Okay, we'll do that. Because that's going to serve you more than doing the quote unquote right thing. Yeah. You know? I read um, Jason Manzoukas, there's a, a, a quote that he said that improv is just 85% ownership. Yeah. You just own what's going on and that, is the bulk of it. And um, that's something you do really well. And in particular, something that I find really interesting about the way that you play is um, you're very, you let yourself react. You let yourself get big. You let yourself be very intense and you let yourself feel very passionately about what's going on. And you're not afraid to kind of explode. But, at the same time, there's also like a very, um, you, you, this is so pretentious. I'm sorry. You, 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 you kind of like exude a curiosity. I see it when you're clowning a lot. There's just this like total openness. That might also be another thing that's like a little bit unnerving about watching your show is because you seem so open uh, uh, and so comfortable being yourself up there that it actually, I don't know. It, it for me, it's like, geez, how come I'm not open? How come I'm not so? Open? Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, this probably is just me just being like a person that's not a nice, not a good person. Because when I first started doing improv, they were like, "Whatever you do is right," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Anything that I do right now is right." You know, like if I, you know, you, you're the first person that name it. That's what it is. Yeah. You're the first person that say it. That's what it is. And I'm like. Oh my gosh, like you can be a god, you know, like you can do anything in the show. And I was like, wow, you know, like, I don't know, I just was, that was just so, I don't know, fascinating and exciting to me to be like, whatever I say, I can say it first. Hmm. And this is what this is, Hmm. (laughs) you know, and to me, that's just like so powerful. And that may be just me just being like that type of person of like, you know, I just like to like, what I say, let's just do this. Like, I'm like a leader naturally. So I'm like, you know, organizer, you know, so that's just like part of that muscle of like, okay, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then also in clowning, that's the thing about clowning is that when you see a clown, they're making a fool out of themselves, but they totally own it. And that's what I learned also in clowning. It's like, you do something and you drop it and it breaks. The clown is like, yay, Mm -hmm. they're excited. They're happy about it instead of, oh, my gosh, I just, I just broke this precious thing. Mm. No, this thing is a good thing that happened no matter what, you know? Yeah. I don't know. No, that the, <laughs> no it, it's really interesting yeah. because it, even just, you know, going back to that idea that you can, you can say whatever you want to say and you can do whatever you want to do. I find myself a lot, uh, a lot of times not doing that. And then after the fact, I'll wonder like why I wasn't in touch with how I felt or why I, I 
wasn't feeling clear on stage. And I realized that it's like a reputation thing that, you know, I, I, I host the podcast and people know me and I teach classes and people know me. And that puts up these like sensors when I'm on stage where I, there's like categories that I create of like things I can't do for no good reason other than um, my reputation's on the line or some other stupid thing like that. And so really what that is, is like you're, you're kind of putting a fence around a big part of your instincts and your impulses and your mm-hmm. personality. And you're saying that's not okay. That's not something that can be owned and embraced. If I drop this vase and break this vase, that's something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do things that that prevent me from dropping the vase. But really, it what you're talking about is like extending that light to all sides of yourself. One of the favorite games that I had when we were when I was taking clowning was you know how you tag, mm-hmm. and you know like how normally in tag you get. Tag, you're out, and it's like, oh man, I can't play anymore. But if you get tagged and you're playing clowning tag, you get tagged, you're out, and you celebrate. Hmm. And everyone stands around you, and you dance, and you bow, and you stand up, and you do your thing, and everyone <laughs> looks, and everyone claps, and it's celebrated. Hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, in improv, it's right. If you said it, it's right. If I did it, it's right. So it was just working that muscle of like this thing, what we typically think is bad, that we're going to celebrate this thing now. Mm-hmm. We're putting it on you know, the other foot of like, no, that's good. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Bow. Look how awesome that was. You got out. Mm-hmm. You're not in this game no more, you know? Yeah. So it's just like changing that, that mindset of that. Yeah. Does that come naturally to you? I don't know about natural. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I just, I feel like sometimes in improv shows, I, I have that too of like, I shouldn't say that. And then I was like, I have to say it quickly now because I don't want to be that. I want to, I feel like I'm, the way I see art and theater, it's like, I, it's our responsibility to say things. You know, like when someone goes see a play, they go see an improv show. They're supposed to walk out of that improv show having a different feeling, mm-hmm. seeing a different side of this, someone else's life or, yeah. you know, showing a different part of the world. I can't do that if I don't say it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if, I, if we're not pushing that envelope to, to do it, you know? What do you think people should be taking from improv shows when they, when they walk away from? Like what in, in your like perfect world? I think it would should just be like I guess what I think about art in general is like I never thought about that like that hmm. because we're all uh you know from all over the place you know we're on this team doing this twenty minute show so you have you know potentially eight different types of people represented mm-hmm. so if you're one person and you're watching the show you should see another side of something on mm-hmm. um, you know through all those. Eight different people that you just saw a show from. Yeah. Do you? This is a weird question. When you're playing, do you deliberately think about exploring a point of view that you haven't explored before, or for you, is it more a thing of responding as honestly as you can to what's going on? Respond honestly. Yeah. But I try. This is something that I've heard you talk about. Um, you say, like, Megan makes people come in with a different... We were talking about something like not too long ago. Mm-hmm. You said, Megan, 
that's made her class come in with like a different history quote or, mm-hmm. you know, different something. Yeah, she'll make her class do research sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think I might have heard on the podcast. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Responding yeah, yeah. <laughs> Un- honestly, but it's my responsibility to make myself as m- more diverse. Mm-hmm. So, like, I try to do, like, the artist state thing, you know, like, now. Like, I try to go see different parts of the city and go to museums and read different books and see different shows. And, I mean, not even necessarily, like, art stuff. Just, like, you know, like, next month I'm going to go see, um, uh, and, like, the the girls that do the, the derby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, roller. Yeah, der- yeah, roller yeah. derby. Yeah. You know, it's like, now I can also respond honestly, but... You have all these other things that it's going to come through now because yeah. you have all these other experiences that you have. That's our responsibility as an artist. Yeah. You know? What's been speaking to you these days? What's been uh, uh, kind of jazzing it for you? I mean, it's just getting in, first of all, that habit of like, oh my gosh, I got to do something for myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, right. But you also, you have a lot of energy. You're like a super energetic person, right? Like you're constantly busy. You're constantly doing stuff. Yeah. You're doing classes. You're performing. You're working. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing of like, even like I'm, you know, like making myself my craft better. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I believe I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do something else sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> to even make myself even better, you know, like yeah. that's where it comes from. I am in acting classes right now, and I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't grow up watching TV. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've been trying to watch more TV or were you, were movies. You not allowed, or you just didn't have a TV. Well, we didn't have cable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm just wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe that's why I'm not into it. I'm, yeah. I'm not like a TV watcher. I'm not into it like that. Yeah. But like good actors, I feel like I can learn. You know, you learn from watching it. So that's what I'm trying to like watch. Like watch movies and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Who are the actors that are speaking to you these days? Oh. Viola Davis. Uh-huh. Love that lady. Yeah. All right. Um, I always loved Denzel, Samuel Jackson. Viola Davis is a beast, though. Yeah. And that's the thing about stage. Like, you know, I've seen her on TV, but I went to the Performing Arts, mm-hmm. Lincoln Center Library. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can watch, you know, plays for acting research. Yeah. And um, I watched her in a play at the library, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like. It was just crazy of like the feeling that I don't know. I got through just watching it in that little TV at the library, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's that's where it's at. So I'm just good trying, you know, just getting into you know that type of stuff. Do you do you watch other people's performances, thinking about like what you want to develop yourself? It, meaning, do you like? Do you want to steal things from other people, and then that gives you like a direction of what to work on? You know what? I, yeah. What one thing I really want to work on is because I feel like I am like, I mean, when I say such a grounded person, maybe not, but you know, I do respond honestly, yeah. and everything is like really straightforward with me. Yeah. I would like to be more of a player that goes to the fantasy land more. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I, you know, like oh, space and. Like, I don't really do that a lot. I'm really like, no, this is what's happening yeah. <laughs> in my improv. Yeah. So I would like to be like more, you know, like fantasy-like. Yeah. I was doing a class the other day and um, 
to be completely honest, I was just getting a little bit bored. Like <laughs> everything was really grounded, but in a way that was it was just getting a little bit dull. So um, I had everybody do a Harold, but they had to. You couldn't play a human being at any point in the Harold. You had to just be anything non-human. Um, mm. Yeah, and and the I had them do that because the thought occurred to me that I never do that. I always aim to play super grounded and I always aim yeah. to play like believable people. Um, so it's just like, all right, what's the opposite of that? Play a can of soup. Yeah. Um, and it was super fun. <laughs> okay. Now I know. Yeah. Um, when I watch like actors that I really admire, like I've, because I've been trying to, to, in the back of McNapier's book, he talks about like study actors that you really like and, and watch movies for their performance and make a list of like, what is it that they do? Yeah. You know? Um, and I've noticed that the actors that I really look up to, um, it's not so much like, Oh, I want to like copy that technique or copy that way to perform. It's a thing of, it, it always just feels like they're there there seems to be, there's like something very like present with them. And it feels like I'm looking at a unique person, like living their life in front of me right now. So there's this weird thing where that's something I can't imitate because by trying to imitate the way somebody else does that, I'm actually putting up a wall uh, 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 in front of myself. Like the only way to imitate that is to not do what these other actors are doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it, that to me, I sort of find myself coming back to over and over again is I really like when I see people where it, you just feel like you get an insight into them. They just feel like they're letting you see them a hundred percent. They're right there. Right. I'm doing the Meisner technique mm -hmm. and that's how we learn the technique is through improv and like, you know, just looking, you know, repeating back and our acting teachers, he always says acting is talking and listening. It's just that simple, <laughs> you know. Now you have to go to that place where, you know, he talks about, you know, law and order SVU, like, okay, it was 45 after the hour, now the person's gonna get bust and people are gonna start crying. Mm. But for the most time, for the most of the part, you, you're watching people are talking and they're listening. And it's just, again, being okay with that, just like at the beginning of the show, just like, going to be okay, <laughs> you know, just talking and listening. And people are so unique, but we don't see how unique we are because we don't see ourselves. We don't watch ourselves, yeah. you know, but other people will appreciate that. Yeah. So it's just being, I, I just feel like that's what that is. Yeah. It's just talking well, and listening, you know, like yeah. just you being you. Yeah. For all for all your quirks that you might see, oh, I don't like this mole on my face, or this, you know, whatever people say about themselves, someone else is going to look at you and be like, oh, that's cool, or that's weird, or you're right. such a character, you know. Like other people are going to appreciate that. Unfortunately, we don't appreciate ourselves as much as we should, or like how our loved ones do, or how you know other people see us. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It, it well, it makes me think about the clown thing again of of celebrating when you drop the vase. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times the thing that makes you unique is the thing that you're kind of embarrassed about and ashamed of and are trying yes. to hide. Um, and, and that's such an interesting idea of kind of like letting the light shine on that and, and 
like letting that part of you see see the light of day, letting other people kind of share in it. That, that's another. I don't know. It goes. It all goes back to to the way that you take the stage when you're playing. That just like beautiful thing where you're you're looking at people, but you're letting them see you. And you know, like it. I don't know. There's such like an incredible sense of of for risk of sounding really stupid about it. Just kind of like you got to love who you are. Yeah. Which means loving the parts that you're embarrassed of. And that's why when I'm saying like, like the talking and listening is because you don't have to do much to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you already are interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just the way you are. So that's why you don't have to do anything, but just be there and care. Yeah. And just let the magic happen. <laughs> do you coach? Yeah. Um, what do you emphasize when you coach? Emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like what I know, you know, like, yeah. That's my, you know, go-to. So talk to me like I'm an idiot for a second. Okay. And like <laughs> I'm the kind of person who who struggles with emotion. How would you get me in touch with that? So you see that you're watching me play a scene, and you find that I'm I'm kind of keeping a cool distance from everything. I'm not really letting myself be affected. What would you tell me? Listen to what that person just told you, hmm. and actually not. Improv listen or like through your day listen, but like listen, you know? Um, like what it means to you? Yeah. Because, I mean, again, it's, I'm taking this back to my search yeah, technique. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, like when we're repeating back and forth, then I say, you're stupid. You know, like we walk through New York City, people say that to us, you know, time, <laughs> you've heard that today maybe, yeah. you know, but you don't go get angry or fight them person, you know, depending on who you are. Yeah. But if somebody really called you stupid, that if this is your mom in a scene and she looked at you and said, you're stupid instead of being like, Oh no mom, you know, whatever. Like take that personally, Mm -hmm. let that hit you. Like let that sit with you. How does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. You know, like really taking something in, like really listening so I guess just, you know, like working on people to be like, don't take things for granted, I guess, mm-hmm. would be the simple way to say it. Mm-hmm. How did you get into comedy? Oh, I moved to New York to, you know, start do you know, like, I just want to be an actor. So I just up and moved. Mm-hmm. From and, Texas? From Texas. Yeah. And I was in this class. I was in some, like, intensive program. And the lady would come, like, teach us commercial technique. And she would just say... If you want to be an actor, if you want to do commercials, you got to do improv. Actors do improv. Good actors do improv. You don't know how to improv. You don't know what you're doing. And I was like, oh, I got to get on this improv stuff. Like, <laughs> and she would, she told me, like, oh, the magnet, the pit, UCB. You know, I'm like, okay. And that's how I got started. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I have to do this thing. And then it got sucked in. <laughs> As it happens. Yes. Which, which- was she yelling at you like that? Like she's yes. Just like, yeah. Yes. She was like, if you want to be a working actor, you got to do improv. Yeah. Yes. She was yelling. Yeah. Very much so. How do you feel about that? Like, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Megan has gotten into dance moms. On, so <laughs> okay. there's a lot of like dance moms going on in my place. And uh, the thing about dance moms is like everybody's fucking crazy. And yeah. the woman, have you seen it? I've, I know of it. The woman in charge is like a nut and she's just like constantly screaming at these kids, you know, like, um, but Megan's point is like, um, 
but she's actually preparing them really well. Like they want to be professionals and, and the professionals that they're dealing with are treating them a lot more callously than this woman that like, yeah. she really cares about them developing and she's kind of exposing them to a lot of tough love. Um, for me, whenever I'm in a, like on a rare occasion, I'm in a class with like a lunatic teacher who's screaming, <laughs> I just completely go like, okay, whatever. I don't care anymore. That's ridiculous. This particular teacher? Yeah. She was crazy. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, like, not, I don't know. I guess crazy is such a word we throw around nowadays. But you can see when someone walks in the room of, like, okay, I know what this is going to be. <laughs> so she just kind of lived up to her expectation. Yeah. So it's kind of like, again, I feel like that's just her. Yeah. Like, not necessarily trying to be a mean person or like yell at us, like, hurt our feelings. That was just her way of communicating with people. Mm-hmm. And you just be like, you know, she would walk in, she'd have tons of bags, and she, Take out the bags and paper would go everywhere, you know. So mm-hmm. it was just like that was just her quirk. Mm-hmm. So you know, some people are being mean, and some people are just like have quirky things that you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> this is another thing I love about you, though, it, it because um, uh, you don't take other people personally in real life like that. Like you can be completely forgiving of someone approaching you with like a really nuts energy. <laughs> And just see if, like, that's just how they are. It's, it's no problem. But then you get on stage and you have a really well-honed um, ability to take stuff personally. And that's what, um, in our acting class, our teacher would say, this is when you're talking in the street and you're on, you know, with the bar with your friend, you're talking, you're listening, you're half listening, and you're, you heard some words, you don't hear every word. It's, you know, you, you don't always say, oh, what did you say? Mm-hmm. But listening in your real life and listening when you're, on stage, or you're performing, or you're in a, you know, on film, that's a different type of listening. Mm-hmm. So you got to know of like, oh, we're listening because we're at a bar chilling with our friends. Mm-hmm. But when you step on stage, you can't take any word for granted. Mm-hmm. If I say what, I got to care how you said that what. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, she just wants me to pass the pen. Like it might be in the office mm-hmm. when we're chilling together. Mm-hmm. It has to be a heightened listening when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. Have you always been attracted to performing? No. I was, no. I wanted to own a daycare. Really? <laughs> yes. I went to school for business. No kidding. <laughs> so what changed? I, in my junior year of college, was like, oh, I got to do something, I guess. You know, because it's just like, you know, you go to school all your life. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, what are you going to do? And then I'm like, I don't know. I, I've always had like a big personality no matter what. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I want on this daycare. <laughs> but then I was like, man, maybe acting. I don't know. It just popped in my head literally. Like I just was like one day I had this conversation. I was like, I got to do something with my life. What is it going to be? And I was like, maybe acting. Then I like Googled some stuff. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm into New York. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember um, being, like, small. Not small, but I seen a Time to Kill, which is, like, you know, like, a, you know, a, you know mm-hmm. it's a movie, <laughs> you know. But that was my first time, like, feeling something, like, watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <gasps> I feel so sad or I felt happy or, you know, like. That was my first time actually f- like feeling something like like that through, you know, not, you know, like through the world, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, that was cool. And then I was like, 
I, I thought of that moment when I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Daycare. But what are other things? <laughs> and I thought of that moment. And then I just like, oh, I'm going to move to New York and be an actor. So I finished my last year of college. <laughs> and I moved. That's amazing. <laughs> that there's just like a huge amount of trust that goes into letting an idea pop into your head and being like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll go to the complete other side of the country and go pursue this now. Yes. Um, uh, I don't. I just can't get over like the trust that goes into that. The trust in yourself and the trust that that like your brain and your heart are like feeding you good information and 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 it should be listened to. I enjoy being afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Fear is like, you know, like I guess, you know, like some people do drugs or, you know, whatever. But like being scared really excites me. Hmm. So I think maybe that has something to do with like, I don't know. That's really interesting. You know, like when I go to a show, like when, I mean, when I do like one deep, I'm like, especially like um, it's really nerve wracking because I go, you know, the festival's all over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know these people. I don't know where I'm at. I don't even know how to get from the hotel to the theater. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of things I got to figure out now. Yeah. Then I got to go on stage and make all this stuff up. I don't know. But it's like a high for me the whole time. Yeah. Well, because uh, when, you're, when you're in a foreign city and, and you got to be someplace at 3 o'clock <laughs> and you got to figure out how to do it, it, like your brain turns on. It everything that's unimportant drops out, and everything that's important is just kind of highlighted until you kind of like take care of the situation. It like you get it sometimes when when you're just like out for a walk in like a neighborhood that you don't know, where just because the place is so unfamiliar, like your senses get heightened. You yeah. like notice things more particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I it, that's something else too that. Like when I walk away from a show and I feel sad or I feel disappointed in in what happened, a, a lot of times it's kind of after the fact, um, recognizing that I didn't do something because I was afraid to do it, and and now I feel like a coward. And and there's an interesting thing that I think happens sometimes where where fear and excitement uh, kind of are one and the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're too quick to label it fear and too quick to kind of back away from it and treat it as like something that's like dangerous, um, you miss out on the opportunity to get to experience that heightened excitement, which is like the real rush of performing. It, it, so so there's something of like, you have to be kind of attracted a little bit to something that doesn't feel great yeah. to have this like wonderful, magical experience. Because, and I also live my life of like, I try to live my life like everything works out for me. Mm-hmm. So even if it is dangerous, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Even if I do get mugged, it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. But I can get another ID. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like just knowing that it's going to work out. That's how I kind of look at it. I'm like, oh, it might work out and it might be kind of crazy for a while, but it's going to work out. Yeah. So just like stepping out on that faith of being like, I don't know. But I know it's going to work out. <laughs> It's been on my mind a lot recently. This is this is going to sound really stupid and whatever. I'm sure it's not. No, it is. <laughs> um, but like, I, I've been thinking a lot about life recently, and and thinking about how like maybe like part of our job on this planet is to have courage. Uh, yeah. 
you know, like it, it, you kind of like earn the right to be here by, by being courageous, you know? I just see like whenever you look at anything, like people, like I like reading people's stories or like, you know, like, oh, the, the, the life of this person. Mm-hmm. If you're reading the story that's the life of such and such, it's not the person that's sitting at home twiddling their thumbs. It's not the person who played it safe. Yeah. It's the person that went bankrupt. It's the person that was like, you know, out there doing it. And yeah. it, it didn't look, you know, great all the time. But they were like, I, I have this vision. I see this thing. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And like I, I listen to like a lot of inspirational stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And one of the people, you know, talks about not sharing your big ideas with your friend Hmm. because I can see something and I can like, this is a great idea, whether it's a gadget or, you know, anything you want to make or invent or show idea or character, it doesn't matter. And you can tell it to your coworker, you know, you know, in the cubicle beside you. And they can be like, oh, really? I don't know. That doesn't sound and totally burst your bubble. Mm -hmm. And now that thing doesn't happen because, you know. And it's like it, just go for it. Because yeah. if it, if it, even if it's messed up, you'll learn something. But how about if it doesn't? And it's amazing. Yeah. Don't miss out on that. Yeah. That's why I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to be afraid because I'm like, something effed up could happen, but something amazing could happen. Yeah. And I try to look at the amazing that could happen instead of the not amazing that could happen. Have you always, like, are you, have you always been like an adventurous kind of person? Yes. You get into trouble? No. Yeah. I grew up, I'm a, I grew up on this. I have a little sister, but she grew up um, in Virginia mm-hmm. and we're also 12 years apart. Mm-hmm. So I did grow up an only child, but I feel like I had like always <laughs> an imagination because I was by myself a lot. Yeah. You know, because I said older people raised me, so they're doing older people things. So yeah. if I wanted to play, they're not playing with me, you know. So I talked a lot to myself. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I didn't really do bad things. Yeah. It was just, you know, me and my imagination doing stuff. It's great training for an actor. Yeah. <laughs> now I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, there's one thing I want to talk about. What the hell was it? Uh, it's along these lines of of adventure and and oh yeah I, I you know I I read um, this thing recently that was saying that like the the whole person right like being your whole self and and like living fully mm-hmm. uh, an inspirational thing and it's saying that like you got to be as at home in heaven as as in hell too you can't you're in you live in three hundred and sixty degrees and you can't like ignore part of it. I listen. Sorry. Yeah, please. Living in the contrast. Uh-huh. That's like how my inspiration person yeah. is, is like. You know, you want. You know what you. You know you what you want because you know what you don't want, and you live what you don't want. That's how you know you want something. Like if you don't have a lot of money, yeah. you know that. I mean, if you want a lot of money, you know that because you don't have money. But you know that only because you've lived without money. Yeah. So that's the only reason you know that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please. but that's why I, I just it was like that's the same. I, I get it. Yeah. It, like the person I listen to calls it living in the contrast. Yeah. This guy was saying heaven and hell. Okay. You know, whatever. Same thing. Same, same thing. <laughs> yeah. But it, it that's what it makes me think of when it's like oh you might go bankrupt but the the people the stories that you read are about the people who went bankrupt 
and mm-hmm. came back and went bankrupt again. And and the, the people who kind of like made their mark. And just imagine once you go bankrupt and you make money back again, how much more of a confident like what's going to scare you now? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, you're stacking that thing of like, oh, I can do this. Now I can do that. Now I can do this. Because once you hit rock bottom and you pulled your way out of it, the next time when you are faced with the opportunity of doing something even greater than that, of course you're going to go for it. Yeah. Because if you fall back to the bottom, you know for sure you can build your way back up again. Yeah. So it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. But some of us, a lot of people are afraid to go like to make that leap, you know? Yeah. But once you fall and you, you know, break and you build yourself back up, it's like, okay, I got this. I can do anything now. Are you the kind of person who, do you have like a lot of friends or do you have like a smaller group of very intimate friends? I'm very curious. And I'll tell you why. Because I think you live well. <laughs> I, I, okay, here's my thing. Because of my personality, I feel like... I'm the type of person, like, I, I love going to a party by myself because I was like, I know by the end of this night, I'm going to have so many friends. Huh. Not necessarily friends of life. You know, like, I probably won't talk to them ever again. Right. But I can easily, like, sit down and talk with somebody and they will tell me their whole life story. Yeah. But that's just, like, never like my personality. People open up to me. Yeah. I have, like, a small group of intimate friends, mm-hmm. you know, that I'll be like, oh, that's my friend. Yeah. But I definitely am that type of person that, if we haven't talked and I see you two years, we can have that conversation like we haven't missed the beat. Mm-hmm. Or I can befriend someone on the train and, you know, ride like, you know, all the way uptown and be like, yeah, 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 we can have a conversation and we get off. And I might see you again, I might not, and that's fine. But yeah. you are a friend for that brief moment, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you see possible friends everywhere and possible adventures yes. everywhere. Yes. That's why I love the crazy. Like when you said that earlier, I was like, I love the crazies. My friends are like, stop talking to that person. I'm like, no. Yeah. This person has something to say. Yeah. Or, you know. But it's fear again, right? Like so often, again, it's a thing of like when someone's behaving unusually, the, the, the like logical thing to do is to get tense and nervous around that person, right? Like you become afraid right. until the weirdness goes out. But when you see that person as, as a fellow human being with something valid to say and something on their mind, it's exactly, it's the same thing in, in like comedy or performing. It's the weird thing about that person that ends up making them so unique, that ends up making them who they are, right? Right. And we never know when we could get looked at like that. Totally. You know? Yeah. And it might just because you had like, you know, like you're fighting with somebody in the street. You know, like a lot of people look at them like, oh, that's in bad taste. But I'm like, this person's feeling a certain type of way about something right now. And they're really passionate and they have to say this right now. And excuse you for it being on like, you know, the corner of your block right now, but this has to happen now. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because it's like, you know, can't beat people down we're supposed to be here like you said to live this life and be courage you know live with courage yeah i read uh another like inspiration book recently Mm -hmm. 
and all like the message of the book was don't be afraid. Wait, what book was it? It it it's this book on like esotericism and whatnot. It, you know, like um, but like how to. It's a bunch of nonsense. Okay, I'll get it from you later. I know yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I that's all I read. Yeah, motivational. Yeah, stuff. So yeah, I'm 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 down for it. There's a lot of useful <laughs> stuff, but I was really taken by just like the simplicity of that of like don't be afraid. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like there's, I don't know why right now that's like striking me as such an important message to hear, but because like fear is everywhere and fear is exactly the thing that cuts you off from other people and fear is the thing that puts you in a box and fear is the thing that closes your mind down and fear is the thing that stops you from taking chances and fear is the thing that stops you from from having experiences and kind of like extending out into this life of ours. But I think it's again like building blocks. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're afraid to, for instance, to like to walk out your door, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, it could be a small thing, it could be a big thing, but you walk out your door and like you live on the corner of this, you know, wonderful, you know, wonderland. You know, like then you go there, and then what's beyond there, and what's beyond there. We stop ourselves all the time, all throughout our day, from. Talking to this crazy person that, you know, is like a small thing or mm-hmm. like, you know, not spending that $20 on something you really love because, oh, I have a lot of bills. You know, it's like we stop ourselves all day from doing little things. Mm-hmm. But how about if you pushed and you pushed and you pushed and you pushed and like until you just finally like flew, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's, the, it's like the little, you know, like a little kid falling. Like, oh, you, you know, it's a little bump, but get up again and, you know, fall again. Yeah. And then one day you're going to grow into this grown up and you're going to be smart, but you have to, like, do these little tumbles to be able to do these big things, you know, because you just don't go from, like, being scared to, like, doing something great. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of little <laughs> messed up stuff and yeah. a lot of little falling to build that courage up, you, you know? Go to a party by yourself and make friends. Yeah. That's so bad. You should do that, Louis. You've talked me into it. I'm serious. Shakotha Fields, you are <laughs> a delight through and through. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you for having me. Uh, where can people uh, go to see you these days? Oh, well, you know, I do things here at the Magnet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing one deep in Alaska. Ooh, where in Alaska? 20- <laughs> Juneau. Wow. Oh, wow. My mom lived in Juneau for a period of time in the 70s. Oh, well, yeah. maybe I'll... Get her address, swat, you know, go by our house, and say, hey. I would like Lewis that. Lewis' mom used to live here. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm doing festivals, a lot of festivals. So yeah. that's the next festival, Alaska Improv Festival. Awesome. Please look come out, out there. Uh, uh, if you're listening in Alaska, when is that festival? Um, um, I'm going to be performing the 23rd of April. There you go. Oh, Six o'clock. Coming up. Shikotha, <laughs> thanks for talking. Thank you. Uh, this has been the Magnet Theater Podcast. A special thanks to our engineer, Grant Goldberg, and to our producer, Evan Barden, and to our executive producer, Ed Herpsman. We are recorded live here at the Magnet Training Center in the heart of New York City. We offer great classes in improvisation, sketch comedy, musical improv, storytelling. If it's funny, we are teaching it. Please check us out online to find out more about who we are and what we do. Magnetheater.com is the name of that website. I've been Lewis Kornfeld. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Go fly. Go fly. (laughs) You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast.